Hey, podcaster, meet ACAST. We're the top independent podcast network for creators in the know. We empower you to develop your podcast idea, find your audience, and grow listener relationships wherever those listeners are. You'll also find a whole range of ways to make money, from membership plans for paying fans to our fully curated and creative advertising experience. Visit acast.com slash network to find out more. Acast, for the stories. Welcome to this week's Wolves Fancast. Richard Hobbs here, and on today's jam-packed show, we have... I don't know which of the two magnificent people go to first. I'll go to Adam. <laughs> magnificent is overstating this a little bit, but thank you. Uh, yes, hello. Matt, I hope you're not that uh, modest. No, 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 I'm not modest at all. Hello, how are we doing? Yeah, we're good, we're good. Uh, back on the winning streak. Who even doubted it? Absolutely. We've got, we've got <laughs> wins, we've got signings to talk about. It's Life's all, all golden. It's all kicked off. Exactly, like and people were worrying. Um, so on today's show, we'll cover some of the latest transfer news, transfer rumours, talk about the uh, pretty impressive comeback win against Southampton, and also preview the game against uh, Liverpool on Thursday night. We'll also be doing all the fun uh, Twitter corner and dance quiz towards the end as well. And just to give you just to give you a little bit of a teaser, guys, the text I got from Dan earlier when he sent through uh, his quiz was some long worded questions sorry so oh, be prepared have to, have to concentrate yeah for once. now now who fancies a drink of i think we? we're going to the tavern are we not we are going to transfer <laughs> tavern so wolves made their first signing of the uh january trans- transfer window uh signing leonardo campana Correct. Is it is it Campana, not Campana? Just want to make sure we depends what part of Wolverhampton you're from and yeah. how you pronounce your A's. I, I think Camp <laughs> I think I think Campana. Um three point five million, I believe it went through us in the you end. Know what? I don't actually know how much we paid for him to be honest no. with you. I mean he's it's not quite a lot for uh yeah. I like mean he seems to be sort of fairly highly rated in terms hmm. of what I know of the Ecuadorian football scene uh, but he's kind of not going to play for Wolves for the next couple of weeks I'm right in thinking as he's now playing uh, for the Ecuadorian under-23s yeah that's right um, I think when you think about fees it's a little different in terms of Wolves because we've had players come in for relatively smaller fees than we were used to like Jamatini for 5 million that kind of makes no sense to us so the fee, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what that translates to. What is it? What is a client of Mendes? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's. Did we have to disclose it? Is that was that or is that because we normally I do like it, an undisclosed? I think it was been a touted fee, um, oh, okay. rather than it sort of being sort of a reported fee. Reported, yeah. yeah. I'm sure there'll be add-ons. And oh yeah, for sure. Some interesting um, Mr. Mendes clauses. Some Mendes, Mendes add-ons. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, there have been sort of two other players Wolves have been heavily linked to uh, so far in the transfer window or in the last kind of couple of days. Uh, <laughs> both, interestingly, uh, from uh, the Greece um, top flight. Um, so you've had Nelson Oliveira, formerly of um, 
Norwich. Norwich City fame. And also, and I don't know why I love this name so much, but Daniel Pondence. Podence. 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 Just it sounds... It sounds very British for a Portuguese winger. <laughs> mm, to podence on something sounds like a, a verb yeah. I probably don't use. Yeah, very to podence. <laughs> but um, it, we'll, we'll cover sort of um, Poddy first. Um, so he's touted that as. Is, the, is that his nickname already? Poddy. I, I, I don't know what else it could Poddy be. Poddy on the wing. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I like it. God, if he signs for Wolves, we all know what the title of this is going to be. Um. I mean, it, like we do for any sort of new signing, we go straight to video games, and we look straight at uh, Football Manager for one. I mean, in terms of his stats, it's pretty impressive, to be fair. So in terms of his kind of technical attributes, dribbling, first touch, technical, um, all 16, 17, um, crossing a 13, um, and his physical attributes are all really high apart from his jumping reach um, and strength. Um and he's a um, sort of very highly ranked in flair as well. So, I mean, by the sounds of it, he can pretty much play on either wing um, or behind sort of a striker. So, in theory, somebody like him's kind of quite well suited to mm. um, the kind of the various formations we can play. And might he's playing really well at the moment, and we'll touch on to him a little bit. But potentially that step up from. Neto in terms of someone who's currently doing that utility role? Yeah, I, I just love how the barometer of a successful player in this day and age is football manager and or FIFA Ultimate Team, which is how I got my <laughs> research. Um, yeah, is it direct competition really in terms of Neto and Jota and maybe we'll allow Jota that freedom to move into the striker role yeah. as there's more competition now with Neto to fill that position if he comes in, which I think can only benefit us we don't know how Campana will fare, whether he is good enough to be um, Jimenez's backup and do that consistently. So to have someone that is direct competition that allows Jota to move in, maybe, I think will really benefit us, should it get you know come to fruition. Yeah, it's good. Cause, I mean, right now we need, we need the options, really, across that forward line. And um, I think Neto has been improving quite a lot um, over the last few weeks. And I think... He's probably, given the fact that we've sold forward players and like someone like Jot has had injuries, he's probably, Neto's probably played a lot more than what, what the manager would have expected, what mm. the fans had expected, probably what the player expected, to be honest. I don't think Neto probably would have expected to have started so many games. Because would I But it's improved, it's, it's yeah. improved with it, though, with, with playing so many games. But, yeah, Podence, if he does come in, then he will... He maybe probably won't take his spot straight away because he'd be a bit hard as a January signing to go straight in. Mm. New, I mean, mm. new league, new country, everything, and, and all that. So he, he might be introduced slowly yeah. from the bench. But given what we've paid for him and his pedigree, you would probably I mean, see him overtake. Yeah. Neto. I mean, they're, see, they're talking sort of a fairly substantial fee, sort of twenty million uh, plus. So there's going to be like a record outgoing transfer from the Greek yeah. league. I mean, it's, it's the Greek league, so fair enough. What, it, not one of you is best, but. Um, this is he seems to have yeah. a lot of skill what would fit into our team and he probably over time he would probably get it to be a first team starter yeah I think it'll, it'll, it'll be a interesting signing because y- you've kind of got hope with kind of Cavalero now permanently moved on Costa will be moved permanently on in the summer you know the question mark has been in terms of the reinforcement side of it 
whether we've kind of got rid of players who aren't quite at the level that's needed, but we've not brought in direct replacements. And Neto has done well. You know, it's taken a little bit of a while. He's still a very young player. Um, and he's kind of st- just about stepped up for it. But you kind of feel like we need another couple of players who are already at that level. And hopefully someone like Podence will be that player. Just that, I don't know, slightly more clinical version of a Costa and Cavalero, maybe. Yeah, you want someone that's going to be able to have an impact straight away and not have to be moulded as a raw talent. You want someone that can mm. get in straight away and make an impact. And I suppose that's what comes with a fee of you know, £20 yeah. million, pounds, euros, or whatever whatever it is that we're paying in. You know, especially with kind of Neto, um, it, w- when he signed for Wolves, is sort of a part of that, you know, double deal mm-hmm. uh, with um, Jordao. Yeah. Um, it, from, from what I sort of picked up, it seemed that Jordao was kind of a more highly rated mm-hmm. player. And it seems that slightly by necessity, but, you know, Neto has been given quite a lot of chances this season. And you've kind of got to, I know with him, look, look at it that, he wouldn't, you know, we had the option of having Costa or Cavalero in, in, in that team. And he's let both of those senior pros go out mm-hmm. and backed Neto, um, which must sort of do quite a lot for Neto. Well, and I said, uh, um, well, I think it was Alex uh, Goncalves on Twitter. He posted an article today and, he, and there were question, probably, probably a question he asked himself, but he said that is Podence better than... Cavalero and Costa, mm. and he said, like, resoundingly, yes, he is. I mean, this is like, Podence is a guy who's literally on the cusp of the Portugal squad. Yeah. Um, but what he, Richie mentioned about being clinical, he actually pointed out his one, Podence's one big, biggest weakness is actually his finishing. Oh, okay. Mm. And he says, it's something you've got to bear with him, with, you know, he's, he's not a great finisher. Um, but, yet, I mean, to go back to what you pointed out, he'll give us more options, what we need, because at the minute, we have literally no other option than playing yeah. Neto, Jimenez and Traore. And I go, I go back to what I said before and the fact that um, Neto's, been, Neto's been getting better and better as, as each game's gone on, but we've had to play him just because we had to, mm. really. I, I, I personally don't think if we had you know more players or a full-strength teammate, I don't think he would have got as much game time. No, no not at all. But like I say, I mean, we, we and he has benefited from playing so many games. You can see, in certainly the last five, six games, yeah. confidence is coming leaps and I bounds. Think that's, I'd almost rather it that way in a way to see a young player come into the team. Not, I was going to say, not that he's poor to start with, but you look at sometimes a young player can be sort of thrusted into a team and adrenaline just gets them through it. You look at someone like yeah. David De- or like, you know, it covers over cracks a lot of the time. So someone like David Davis, when he sort of played half a dozen games in the Premier League, he wasn't great and he was playing for a poor side. But he looked good in a mediocre side, or a poor side in the Premier League. And by the time actually it dropped down the divisions, his flaws really started to show. Yeah. As even when the team got better in League One, he looked not the right sort of player and not the right level of quality when you compared him to Price and McDonald. And it's, it probably stands better to Neto that... Yeah, he looked a bit shaky being a young lad in a new country, in a new system, in a new culture. But actually, you've seen, you know, even in nine months at the club or, you know, eight months or whatever, it's always, it's been sort of quite refreshing to see his growth in the team. And you can almost see every game he plays, 
he gets a little bit better each time. Yeah, I, I mean that's really um, that's really kind of positive for Wolves fans going forward. Yeah, youthful exuberance does cover up some of the more technical aspects of someone's game, but and I'm sure we'll get onto it when we talk about um, Southampton. But you know, he seems a lot more composed now. He doesn't seem like a deer in headlights or anything no. like that. So for that point, you know, he is improving and. And, you know, competition is always good. So to bring mm. a player in to give competition, it, you know, it, it should make everybody better. So we're all for it, really. Briefly, sort of, before we move on to the Southampton game, quick thoughts on Nelson Oliveira. Did really well um, at Norwich for a couple of seasons, got 19 and 65. He's had spells at Forest where he did okay, got a one in three record there as well in the championship. And he's um, sort of, so far this season, he's got a uh, nine and 15 for um, eight. AEK Athens do we think because when I sort of saw this link to him I sort of thought you know what maybe loan until the end of the season he can come on for him and as when we're you know one two goals up and just reserve our you know our marquee striker but will he have that quality to really Mm. uh, you know it's a difficulty when sort of replace not replacing but finding someone to marry up with Jimenez because it's either you know he's he's our he's our man he's a guy like so whoever's kind of coming into the squads must be sort of like half prepared to sit on the bench a lot so when I saw it I thought actually you know what maybe it's a loan deal I thought it might, yeah. might work it's hard because this is a problem we've talked about many times on the pod isn't it that the difficulty we have is the difficulty like that Spurs have having Trying to buy spike, trying to buy strikers back up for the main striker. So we've got him and there's who he doesn't even really come off off the pitch after 80 minutes. Gets subbed off. He plays the full 90 pretty much all the time. So that's probably one of the things that Cotrone also struggled with the fact that he just wasn't getting game time because we just we don't really sub him mm. and there's off to be honest because of what he brings to the team. But um, I mean Oliver, I, I can't say I'm too familiar with how he's been getting on career-wise, Oliveira, but. I trust the club in the fact that if they can see him as he can bring benefit to the team in some way, naturally he'll be from the bench. Um, then I'm all for it. And again, we go back to what we said before, it's better getting numbers in now. So literally at the minute, as a direct replacement for Jimenez, we will be bringing on Benny Ashley Seal. So as someone, as a team that are yeah. going for like top five, top four, Premier League and Europa League, we can't really be bringing Benny. All credit, no, all respect to Benny Ashley Seal, but we can't really look to bring yeah. him on. So, if, we've, if we can look, bring someone in who's a step up on him, and this, this Oliveira obviously is a step up on, on Ben Ashley's seal, then I'm more than happy for, for him to come on. Whether that be loan or short-term contract, I don't know what the situation is there, but I would trust the club in if they if they like him and they can see something that will bring us benefit, then I'm all for it. Yeah, I think it, as a short-term proposition, there's nothing wrong yeah. with it, but I'd want us to, as a club, move away from... At the, at, the po- at the point in the career that Oliveira is, I'm not suggesting he's a mercenary, but it's a, a mercenary signing. We just need yeah. somebody in that knows they're not going to be playing a lot of game time. And if that was the case, then I would prefer a younger player from the academy to fit in that role because that player is going to already know the system. They're already mm. going to have be embedded in the culture of the club already. However, in the short term, numbers are needed and it's not just a case of having warm bodies on the bench yeah you do want someone with quality and he has scored goals in his career as a longer term as a longer term target i don't think it's it it, is be something that if we want to progress we'd pursue but there's you know to keep us 
with enough bodies on the bench for the rest of the season, I don't see there's any harm in it. I think yeah. you have to remember as well, it's it's the January window. And predom- yeah. Predominantly the January window is for firefighting. Yeah. You, are, you don't make any long-term no. um, transfer targets coming on the January window. Oh. Not, not, unless, not, not if you're prepared anyway. You, yeah. don't, you don't really... And with that. the... There's, uh, there's very rare ones that work out. I mean, obviously, probably Van Dijk and Liverpool is the main one January transfers worked out. But yeah, yeah I I'd think see it as a cover. Especially really. with... Um, you know, particularly this year with the Euros coming up, players will be apprehensive about moving if they think it could jeopardise their space in a of course yeah. in, in a first team national team, or it'll be the other way and actually they need to force a move. And it's gonna, it, it, I think it's gonna be an interesting last sort of um, you know ten days or so um, whilst we're recording this um, of the transfer window. I can hopefully so it seems like the club have kind of got a bit of momentum because for the first couple of weeks they really weren't being le- linked to anyone and now all of a sudden a quite a few a couple of these names are kind of cropping up and the club seem to sort of be quite on top of it I think at the moment in terms of the PR around it so hopefully in the next uh, or even by the time this pod comes out we might have a uh, couple of new signs to talk about out of curiosity guys how did you two feel at about 3.45 um, on Saturday? Uh, ooh, well, I think the kitchen needed cleaning. I had to put some washing away. I had to do all sorts of things that had no impact on football whatsoever, I think. Yeah. I think 2-0 down against, let's be honest, a not particularly great Southampton side. An improving one. Improving but one. But... One we should be beating. N- not a... Not a great side. It felt at that point for that twenty minute spell at half time, all the basically the character assassinations of Wolves, they're tired, they can't change the system. A- everything sort of came at them in that sort of twenty minute online spell on Twitter. And then the second half happened. <laughs> and uh, you know, I part of me what you know, it, it it's difficult because there's quite a few criticisms I think of the team that we could sort of lay on them and it's working out how much those three goals in the second half paper over a lot of the cracks in that team um going forward. Um overall, what did we kind of think of the the game, the performance, if you know was it a tale of two halves for you guys? Does it, as it sort of um, sit with yourselves? Because I think I, I'm, I'm really happy we got the win, and it shows a lot of character, desire, all of those great traits. But there are some really fundamental flaws. I think Wolves are slipping up on still. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you, when you say paper over the cracks, I think you're absolutely right. The defence, you know, an inquiry would have to look into the, the defence, especially for the first goal. I think it must have got past five men that uh, whipped in yeah. ball, which is inexcusable, really. And Patricio's been given quite a bit of flack over the two goals conceded. I think slightly un- unjustified. Um, and and this is the this is the issue when you have two central defenders who aren't central defenders by their trade yeah. filling in essentially what they're doing. And sometimes they do fantastically well, but sometimes errors creep in that are avoidable and that is one glaring flaw basically and we haven't got that willy bolly factor back quite yet um and we've got two central defensive midfielders covering so you are going to ha- you are going to see mistakes and 
Bennett must be thinking to himself sometimes, you know, I'm not the flashiest player on the pitch. I certainly can't do a 50-yard diagonal wonder ball, you know, 10 times a game. But I am a an out-and-out defender and yeah. these mistakes wouldn't happen on my watch. Uh, it's, it's, it's a tough one, really. And, you know, one thing I, I mentioned on a pod a few uh, weeks back, the cliche that I really hate about Wolves being tired. Well, um, that, I think, is a tired and overused cliche. Mm. The, cl- the new cliche now is, well, Wolves have conceded first in X amount of games, but they've, they've come back from losing positions so many times. And there's only so many times that you can bank on that. And there's only yeah. so many times that you want to hear that because, yeah, it's great that we've got all these points from losing positions, but there's a, there's a problem there. There's a much bigger problem than us winning the games. The fact that we're always going behind because of these defensive errors. See, I, I, I do think that the players are tired, I, but I don't think it's physically. I think it's mentally, and I think that's why at the start of the games they either aren't approaching them in the right manner as a, as a team and a unit, or they're being coached into it, which I kind of doubt. But those little lapses in concentration, it it just gets exemplified and. You know, especially at Premier League level, and there are a few players still in this team who were playing Championship football eighteen months ago, two years ago, and at the end of the day, like you know, the Vestergaard goal to start with, you know, Doty, you know, dropped off and sort of got suckered in, and it, you know, even for Shane Long's goal, it sort of both came from that right side of defence, where you know, then Donker and Doty, you know, are probably a little bit more casual and relaxed about life, I'd say. Um, so you say, be, to be honest, if Bennett's playing... And I really like Den Donker, and I like him at centre-half. Um, and I get what you're saying about Willie Bolly giving you that physical kind of that dominance. And, you know, especially for the second goal, if Bennett's on the pitch playing right side centre-half, I don't think that goal goes in. I think you've got to be... I think for interest of a balance, I mean, we've... We've had Den Donker and Sayers at the back for a while now, and by and large they've they've been fine. You know, we've we've, we've talked them mm. up before about you know how well we've been at the how well drilled we've been at the back. And obviously I'm going a bit to earlier points in the season, but we've talked about how good we are at the back, where we've effectively got three midfielders playing in their back mm. three essentially. But it's, 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 we will lauded Den Donker when he first got moved to the back because we thought that it's great. Don't forget when we bought him, we all thought that was his natural position anyway mm-hmm. when we first bought him, and it was only when he got pushed into midfield when he first started playing. So you have to argue. I mean, you, you can argue which his natural position is, but you know he's quite adept at playing at both central midfield and defence. But you, on the flip side again, you do have to be honest and say he has been making a few mistakes there there recently. Um, but you know we've got we have got Bolly coming back. Hopefully he'll hit the ground running when he comes back. But um, I think I think he was I think Dendonka was at fault for the the second. I think he lost it, long. Yeah. Didn't he, he lost his man. Yeah, yeah. Sure. he lost that's, that's, yeah, That was I mean that's a concern because Shane Long's not a prolific goal scorer by any stretch of the imagination, mm. and probably we've got a similar goal ratio that Shane Long has. Um, so it would be he he himself will probably be, be a bit frustrated that you know he's got he's beat him and beat him for a header of all things as well. Um, and Sace is it does he does he's you know he's such a solid player Sace is he does, he does a good job at the back. Um, but yeah, you don't kind of want to get suckered into the old cliches. I mean, we're probably again they're all coming out at half time, weren't they? As 
as Matt says about the, the tiredness factor creeping again, and it's only, uh, these things only get trotted out when we're in a bad position or we're yeah. losing. Obviously, you don't hear from it, you know, when we're drawing or winning because ev- all any negatives just get kind of swept under the mm-hmm. rug. But yeah, first half, I was, um, I wasn't. I put in the chat group. I just I wasn't impressed. Mm. I, you know, I can't say that the travelling fans were really. I suppose there was a, might have been a few tickets being thrown on the, the pitch. <coughs> Do people still throw their season ticket books? No, it's ten, <laughs> it's ten pounds. Get that card back, so I don't <laughs> you. No one throws the seat cards <laughs> anymore, do they? But yeah, I can, I can imagine it wasn't great. It wasn't wasn't a barrel of laughs for the you know the, the fans in attendance there. Because um, I mean, while Southampton are a, a, an improving side and they have gone, I think prior to that game it was about five or six games or whatever it was without a loss. It's a, a, a team you look at and think, yeah, we should be. We should be dispatching these. Mm-hmm. I said last week on the pod, you know, our first eleven mixes it with anyone, so I, w- I would definitely yeah. be confident us beating Southampton. But um, nonetheless, it's going to be a tricky game. But yeah, that first half wasn't wasn't pretty at all, and then obviously it turned out to be a bit of a, a tactical masterstroke with changing the Dharma at half time yeah. to go up front that changed we it. L- yeah, we lured him into that false sense of security. That's what it is. After Bednarak and Long scored, like, you know what? You've had your fun, and then it was a really interesting because tactical tweak. Um, I thought because it's not like Nuno, especially with sort of the players that we've got as well, for him to sort of decide to just push Troy a little bit further inwards. And to be fair, out, out of that Southampton team, if you if I had to pick sort of any players who I'd re- you know who you'd ideally want, I really like both their fullbacks. Um, I like Bertrand and I like um, Cedric on the other side. I think they're both really good players. So I think it was interesting how they kind of shut down walls predominantly in the first half, but second half, I say we we uh, whether it was a rocket up their arse or you know what they remembered how to play football. <laughs> they, they were a different side, and <clears throat> you know we we spoke about Neto earlier in the show, and that composure he showed. I think in October, I, I think he probably fluffs it or he doesn't get it quite under his feet and. It's an awkward one for him to take from getting it on his chest and sort of turning. It was almost a bit Jimenez-esque, wasn't it? Just hanging yeah. the shot well, on I the turn. Find, I did find it quite funny because the ball came in and if we're honest, it did completely miscontrol him. Oh. Because it could, he went to touch it, bounced off his chest and then he, he managed to turn, pause. The three defenders straight in front of him and they still managed to get his shot. I thought it was a like terrible defending by Southampton, but it's a great finish from Neto there really. I was going to say there was quite a lot of terrible defending by Southampton <laughs> in that second half I think all fr- if I was um, Hassan Hootel I would be fuming at those. all three of those goals second half were horrendously preventable um, I, th- I think it's great that Neto is getting amongst the goals though because mm. I mean the diff- even if, if the, the United and Liverpool goal, goal stood he yeah. would have had about four or five now I mean, at least you know as I say you compare him to Costa who really struggled to make his mark in the Premier League goal wise or even assist oh, yeah. wise and you know Neto when he's been given chances he's got a run of games in the side which isn't always the easiest thing in the Premier League and it's happened by you know a bit of luck personally for him he is delivering output, which is yeah. the exact thing that you, you you you're marked on at the end of the day as a forward player. And mm. you know, what one of my greatest loves watching Wolves the last uh, since we've been in the Premier League is how when the game's slightly on the line, Johnny Otto decides he wants to play up front. He just like, up a bit, he? He, he will just. I remember when we played like Man City um, away from home earlier this season and. For Troy Ray second, 
Johnny was about 10 yards behind him and he was the second player nearest to him. And like, for that goal, no one could tell me in like a structured formation that your left wing back will be basically in the number nine position um, to win that penalty. penalty. I mean... Well, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But VAR came to our favour, lads. I've always loved it. I've always (laughs) loved it. One quick point on on, um, Neto before we talk about VAR. I just wanted to say... Buffal was in a similar position at the end of the game where he skied mm. his shot, and that's where the composure side of things from Neto is so much better, especially with the ghosts of, of Anfield and Old Trafford. Got to be rattling around. Yeah. You know, it, I, there was no real shout for a VAR check. It, you know, the ball touched his chest, and that was absolutely fine. But, mm. you know, his composure has gotten a lot better. And you, like you said, without those, um, without those chalked-off goals, looking a very, very different set of I statistics. Say, I, I think it's... Uh, I'd, I'd describe it as focused and like almost everything he's doing. So like, actually, you know what? If he gets kicked by a fullback or he, you know, or he kicks a fullback, you, you can always see his head. I'm sure there's a couple of games over the season. You saw his head go a little mm. bit. He just got, got a bit flustered. Whereas what he's doing now, it's almost quite measured. He's, uh, he's playing very much sort of within himself in that sort of way that actually he's kind of got that confidence and that belief in himself, which is, which is great. I think um, when you've done that celebration at Anfield and then that would, celebration and then it gets chalked off and you've got to look back at yeah. the flailing, wailing, it, whacking, inflatable arm guy celebration you did. It, that would be humbling <laughs> to anybody. I yeah, think. That, that is a big come down. He <laughs> doesn't yeah. celebrate anymore, does he? I don't no, think. no I, I don't think he can. <laughs> he too, in case it gets chalked off again. Do we think it was a penalty? I was going to say people um, Southampton manager was so uh, uh, you know shocked by was it the fact that he didn't go to the monitor or something he wanted, like the, he wanted, he wanted the referee to look at the monitors he didn't think it should I, be because all I think by someone I, I think in, if the referee had gone to his monitor surely like this grounds for like you know red card sort of like it, mm. uh, well I, his argument was that Cedric was ahead was further ahead uh, of Johnny that he would have had it covered but that well, in that case, then it's a it's a clear obstruction. Yeah, and and that's so I'm not quite sure what that point. I mean, is, you either have for. it, you either have it for the sort of a body check, or you have it for the slide and tackle. Like you know, literally both your defenders of there's been a lapse in communication. You know, uh, uh, you know one of them should be going for it. They've almost kind of got in each other's way a bit. Um, Just think, the lads, this it's. They've all said it's going to even itself out. It's, 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 it's all, well, all going to start I mean, coming I, up Millhouse now for us. I, I think <laughs> I'm probably one of the few um, people in the fan cast who wouldn't say I'm for VAR, but actually, it's, it's A, it's here to stay. And, you know, we, we, we haven't got time to go on a big VAR rant. But, you know, the decisions that have gone against Wolves, I know that the, the marginal offsides are always shitty. But actually, you know, I think Jimenez had a handball um, against Southampton in the home leg. And, you know, that, that got reviewed to VAR. And it was, you know, it's a handball. Handball's handball. Same with this one. It's a foul. It's been ruled as one. Well, I don't and, you know. You've just got to hope that it goes your way sometimes. If we're talking to the, to the VAR gods, I don't think this is one that should be up for debate. No. I, think, I think this actually is, is a great example of a clear and obvious error by yeah. the referee being rectified, I don't think I don't think we've like, got away with one with this one. Because the ref didn't give it initially, did he? No. So, you know, th- this is this is almost the whole point of VAR, um, rather than you know the the 
you know, armpit hair off sides. And I don't know. I think they, they, they've messed it up a bit this season in, in terms of that. The rules haven't quite helped them. But, you know, it didn't really stop him and us from the penalty spot. I've just... He's got a, he's got a pair of balls on him, hasn't he? It's ice cold it as when it comes to penalties. Ice cold for a Mexican. Yep, yeah. that's right. It's a paradox in just, itself. He is... Honestly, I, I I could put my mortgage on it. Just the way he steps up for it. And he does that little stutter. And every time I think, oh, what's going to happen? It's like, no, just absolute predator from the penalty spot. You do, uh, you know, you are pretty confident when he picks up the ball for a penalty. Um, and it's more, it, it's 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 not a case of um, power. It's just his case of placement, you know. The keeper can go the right way, but because he's so accurate in how mm. how close to the um, how close to the corner, you know, it's often the case that keeper can get a hand to it anyway. Um, and then at two two, it completely changes the game. That's probably the one thing Hassan Hootel got right. Yeah, mm. at two two, it completely changes the game. Um, and yeah, penalty deserved and penalty well put away. And another one for for Jimenez's uh, bank account with us. Just yeah. fantastic. Now I, I didn't I, I didn't go to the game. I must admit I listened on the uh, on the radio to WM, and I can tell you when it was. So in like the seventy fifth minute, um, they sort of the co-coms. I can't remember who it was off the top of my head. He went, "There's a two on two situation here." It's try always got the ball, and again, sort of going back to my point about I'd be fuming if I was a Southampton fan because all three goals were basically from defensive mistakes. I don't know how they ended up with a position of like. Traore and Jimenez on the halfway line against like two of their defenders and then you know there, there's two things that I thought were massively key about the goal was Traore's ability to get his head up which um, you know I was, I was listening to the Jules and Andy podcast um, earlier today and they sort of said you know one of the hardest things for a really fast player to do is run down the line and get their head up in time and pick someone out. And like that's the big thing for Troy over this season, isn't it? That actually he's just got his head up and just gone, oh, actually, there's my mate over there who's probably in a better position I can pass him to. And like the way he stalled for time almost to manipulate the defenders to go into a certain space and him and to take that step back. But again, it, the confidence of that finish from Jimenez, who has looked a bit jaded the last couple of weeks, he's not quite been 100%. To come away second half with a brace and you know an ice cool penalty and again a really accomplished finish. Like as soon as that ball gets pulled back to him, I don't think anyone's in really any doubt. But he he, he never looks like he's going to sky those. I yeah. think that's the difference between say the foul at the end of the game. You're absolutely right. And and when you say about stalling for time, nine times out of ten, Troyore will go to the byline, running, cut across, and cross mm. it in for him to allow the defender to make that decision. And we've seen that before. Jimenez take that step back, receive the ball, shoot mm. from Troyora like that. You know, it's obviously something they work on and build build a good partnership together. Um, and, you know, Troyora's done really, really well to get in that position to be able to make um, to make that opportunity. And I know there's a lot about a handball and it, should it have been a handball, like the situation when Van Dyke mm. handballed in, in quote-unquote inverted commas about... Their um, their goal against us. It's just uh, yeah. If you're Southampton, I think you've got to look at the defensive errors more 
the how you feel about the rules in this scenario. I, I, I think for me, Professor let Adam have his two cents. Is that I think it's a very hard to give it as a handball, but B, he's got his back to goal, and he's fifty-five yards away from the goal. And if that's the thing that you pinpoint about why that's goals being conceded then you're kind of probably overlooking a lot of other factors mm. in terms of how that ball's ended up in the back of the net. I mean, for me, I, I didn't really pay too much attention to the, the handball, but to be honest. Um, and didn't we say like, the rule is like basically if it's got to be immediately after or something, hasn't it? And a lot of time has passed yeah. since then. The thing I like about the goal is that essentially it's not even like... It's just basically Troy Ray initially against five of their <coughs> defenders because Jimenez is just no... He's just ghosting at the back and they've not once looked at where Jimenez is and you just go they've all got their eyes on Truro because yep. they know how much of a danger is but I mean five five on one <laughs> <laughs> normally you say I don't like them odds but no, exactly. uh, with Truro you never quite know and he's just that, that back heel just to, to turn around Jimenez is just left wide open and um, it's just a good job he's a good finisher as well Him, well decent finisher Jimenez because to put it when it's dro- pulled back to you you can put it in with no height bottom corner hmm. fantastic absolutely fantastic finish yeah. but overall as I say, it, it's papered over a couple of cracks, which it looks like the club are sort of hopefully addressing in terms of some extra additions and with players coming back from injury. So I think overall, sort of, Wolves fans are happy. They know that we've got a game on Thursday night, which is going to be a really um, sort of huge game, which we'll talk about after the break. Hey, podcaster, meet Acast. We're the top independent podcast network for creators in the know. We empower you to develop your podcast idea, find your audience, and grow listener relationships, wherever those listeners are. You'll also find a whole range of ways to make money, from membership plans for paying fans to our fully curated and creative advertising experience. Visit acast.com network to find out more. Acast, for the stories. Hey everyone, it's David here. Now, you already know by now if I'm on the show or I'm not on the show and my voice is here, you know, one of those silly ghost things. Anyway, I'm just here to say um, we've got a lovely website and our friends over at Pixel Yeti Media do that. And if you're looking for web design or your business needs a new logo or a bit of marketing, go take a look at pixelyetimedia.com. And also, they're not just web designers, they're also a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites to brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. So, take a moment after this podcast and go check them out at pixelyetimedia.com. So, on Thursday night, the title, um, all but title winners, uh, Liverpool are coming into town. They're on the back of a pretty decent run of form. Um, but you know what? I quite fancy us on Thursday night. Mm. I, don't, I don't know what it is. I, uh, Yeah, they are an unstoppable juggernaut of a moment, Liverpool. They, you know, they're blowing teams away. But I kind of just think how we play, particularly at home, I think if anyone's going to be able to stop them, it's kind of us. Yeah, the the one thing for me, um, which is the the major difference to City, is with City's firepower up front, absolutely fantastic, can destroy teams. We've seen it on multiple occasions. 
you know, they, they have the ability to concede a goal. City, as we've learned mm. quite a f- on, a, on a few occasions, Liverpool haven't conceded a league goal since the 4th of December um, against Everton. And then they only conceded a goal against uh, Monterey, I think it was, in, in the, the semi-final of the Super Cup. Or the Club World Cup, sorry. So that's the thing for me that is will, will be difficult for us in that they aren't anywhere near as easily penetrable. Um, so it's, it's going to be one of those. But if, you know, if anybody can do it, I, I do feel like we have a good opportunity to, you know, eat, sleep, beat the streak. Beat the streak. <laughs> I mean, um, we're one of the only few teams in the league that's given a game, really, that, yep. that game at Anfield. Bearing in mind that we made a few changes for that game as well. Mm. Um, I like to think eight o'clock Thursday night kickoff. The fans will be up for it as well. Um, I'm trying to think of how the, how it might go because there's been a few times this year where yeah Liverpool like, do obviously keep winning, but you can see sometimes with the amount of games they're playing as well. Sometimes they're just function they're getting a one nil win functionally. I just think. It does, sound a bit, it does sound a bit daft when you think, you know, they're, they're what, 20, 22 games, 21 wins. You think, well, what chance do you think you've got? I fancy but, us, yeah. It should but, no, but quite a few people do mm. fancy us because what have we got to lose, essentially? Mm. It's like, I hate the term, but free hit. A free hit, yeah. And I don't want to, yeah. I was trying to think of something else to use, but, it, but for us, we just don't, we don't have too much to lose. Not, not the, 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 the most neutral people won't expect too much of Wolves, but probably the more observed pundits and Wolves fans can think, no, no, we, we actually can actually have a, have a go. We, we have got firepower in our locker to actually upset them. We've got Troy O'Reilly who obviously can cause them damage. Mm. We've got, we, we're relatively good, you know, at, at, um, as a solid functional back line. I know we've, let, you know, we've that stat that Matt mentioned earlier about us, you know, we've, we've been the first to concede quite a lot, but... We're just one of the few teams in the league who can cause some real problems. I mean, not even like a Le- when Leicester play Liverpool, blown away. Yeah. When we played them, it we've actually put up a really good fight against them. Yeah, it does feel like we will give them a game. And, you know, almost in a way similar to Man U at the weekend, because Man United restricted them quite a bit. And they, they almost followed the Wolves blueprint of when we lost to them, which admittedly can't be that great a blueprint. Um, but, like, you know, they. You know, we'll nullify them um, out wide and make sure that we stop the crossfield switches from um, Alexander Arnold and Robertson. And then, you know, half it's, you know, their midfield's very a very functional midfield and it's not where their creativity comes from, which I don't think will worry Wolves too much. I think all they need to do is actually just try and keep somebody like Van Dijk that bit more occupied than they did previously and, you know, with respect to him, and it probably requires him to do that bit more of a defensive job, it almost marking a centre half, which will be a bit weird. But you know, we Wolves are very good, especially when the ball's in front of them, at filling in those gaps at the back, and you know, not getting exploited. And I don't know. I think after the win against Southampton as well, they. I feel like there's probably a lot of confidence back in that squad because of the last few games and. You know, playing against Man United, like most two FA Cup games, where you know, with the greatest respect, I don't think Wolves were really a hundred percent wanting in in either tie. You combine it with the Watford game as well. It's not, it's you know, pretty much since the start of the year, it's been a bit doom and gloom because there's 
you know, there's been obviously dire need for reinforcements in the squad, and the, you know, it hasn't had the right sort of feel about the place. But hopefully, after the win against Sunday uh, on Saturday, sorry, I don't know. Like, I, I think we'll, we'll at the very least give them a good game, chiefly because Wolves don't tend not to give teams a good game anymore. Yeah, it's not. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. not like we'll we'll get sort of our you know same way sort of let what happened to Leicester. You know, we're not. Say this now. I doubt we'll get sort of you know our bellies tickled and you know it'll be a three nil defeat. But I don't know. I feel like we've got enough about us to really make them think, and especially after what happened at Anfield and the um, netto goal that never was. We know that we can put them under pressure, and you know hopefully we can just do the the simple stuff right that we didn't always do against Southampton and. Know, get into half time at nil nil sort of thing and really make them sort of question you know because they they might turn around actually second half of the season and you know not the motivational dip because they still got a title to win but will there be a few more draws in the second half of the season for them as opposed to you know the amount of wins they've had and you know because they I mean no team will be able to win every game in the season thankfully they've drawn one <laughs> But will there be a point where they almost have a fear of losing, if you know what I mean? And actually, if it gets to the 75th minute and it's nil-nil, will they go, as you know, we're 16 points clear at the moment, we'll be 17 with this win sort of thing. Is it best for us to keep it at nil-nil, shut up shop, and, you know, if we can get one on the counter, fine, rather than going, actually, let's go for a win because they know... And you know, pushing everyone forward, knowing that we've got a a Dharma trial around the pitch who could really exploit them. They lose that unbeaten streak. I think it'd be interesting to see Liverpool, may, maybe not on Thursday night, but going forward second half of this season, how much they gamble on an unbeaten streak to get a win because they're you know. For, them losing the league is very improbable at this point. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you fantastic odds on it being nil-nil at 75 minutes if you want to take me up on that. Um, I think that we have every opportunity. You know, we only need, you know, Van Dyke to have a, an iffy game and you can get in behind them and, and, you know, and really give them a game, as you say. And there's absolutely no reason why we couldn't win or get something out of that game it's, it's not outside the, the, the realms of pro, um, you know probability and I do think this is one of those things where if we have to look forward to what we want to achieve as opposed to looking back and look at what we have achieved this is something that we should be earmarking as a game okay well let's show us the world the world will be watching this game what we can do and I think there's every opportunity for us to do that and I think it's important for us to not get overwhelmed by the occasion and not, you know, roll over and let the champions elect do what they do and, and blow teams away. And, and I think we've seen in, you know, when we previously played them, that won't happen. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a fascinating game. And, you know, you've only got to look at hashtag LFC Wolves on Twitter mm. to look at some of the humbling replies from some of the Liverpool fans to see that they aren't up for this game. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know that's not always the microcosm of what's actually going on at a club. You know, Twitter fans are very different to paying fans. However, you know, you can see from some of the replies there that they understand that this is going to be one of their trickiest games of the season. Yeah. Yeah, great. Final thoughts? I, um, it's quite, it's still quite weird sometimes when you see opposition fans of 
bigger clubs than ours actually having a sense of trepidation about facing us like when United drew us in the cup mm-hmm. they didn't want to play us I know ultimately we, we didn't get through but they, did, they really didn't want to play us a lot, a lot of the fans on Twitter were saying well anyone Again. but Wolves that's yeah. because last season we had the beating of them so yeah I just go back to what I said before I, I just we you know I, I would be elated if you know if we can win I'd be happy with the draw but I just think ultimately I think we can we're one of the few teams who can actually just take it take it to yep. them we can take it to him. And, you know, even Vinagre, I know he's not play- he won't be playing this time around, but even he had the beating of Alexander-Arnold when yeah. we played them um, in a reverse fixture. So we've got the players that can hurt them. We've got the right mentality. We play the right way. We always play the same way. Um, it's interesting when you said about like it being nil-nil, what would he do at a certain point? I think Liverpool are kind of similar now. Just play one way as well. I don't think he'll worry too much that if it's nil-nil about protecting the losing streak. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't think he'll... You know, that's not probably at the forefront of Klopp's mind. He just wants to win the league <laughs> firstly. But I think they'll just play their way. We'll play our way. And that's why I think it'll be a good game. He's got two good passing teams with... I know they've got a couple of world-class players in their team, but I just think we've got don't know about a one-man team. We've got Traore and he can just do anything. He can, <laughs> well, he, yeah, he there can is just, that. He can it? just take apart anyone as he's proven already I multiple times thing, this season. That's the thing with Wolves. Like, we have though, we have a couple of players in this team now who can be a catalyst for beating any team. And say, it only takes a, only takes a 50-yard Traore run, which is, ca- it, it, frankly, it doesn't matter if you've got an £80 million defender in front of you. He is not bothered. Mm-hmm. We've got a striker who, if he gets half a yard, he will shoot, and there's a really good chance he'll score. Um, what are our predictions, guys? Well, what are you feeling? I just wanted to ask one thing. Yeah, with the, you know, with what we mentioned about Dendonka before. Yeah. Knowing their firepower and knowing some of our defensive frailties, the only change I would even consider making would be potentially bringing Bennett in as, a, as an out and out defender. I just want to wonder what your thoughts are on any changes defensively I'd, or anything like that. I'd probably keep Dendonka just for that slightly more athleticism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, fair. But, but, you know, if if Bennett came in, I'll, I wouldn't have any qualms about him, you know, being a brick wall, pretty much. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I think I'm well publicised, big fan of, of Bennett. I've always loved him. Um, I don't see him getting in, but no, uh, no, I don't. But I, don't see, I can understand where you're coming from as well because Dendonka's been a bit shaky. But um, I mean, I'd be happy with either of them. But I mean, um, probably because I know, but Bennett sacrifices a bit more passing ability. Yeah. And but the thing is, though, with that athleticism, Bennett reads the game better. Mm. As I say because, like I say, he's been he's been died in the wall, born and bred defender. Uh, Dendonka again we're not quite sure where his priority position is if it's midfield or, or centre centre half but um, I, w- I will always I would naturally love Bennett I think I think he's brilliant um, he's shown time and again you know how, d- how dependable he can be but um, I guess as a more all rounder he would say it would be Dendonka yeah I, 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 that's I, fair I, I don't really fair. I don't really see a ch- I don't really envisage a change no, really I, I mean I can very much see it being the team we played against Southampton It'll be interesting to see if he keeps the, you know, the the one and two up front, or goes for sort of a three, or he or Nuno sort of tries to give him that bit more flexibility. But kind of get the feeling that 
they'll want to be as disciplined as possible in that role. Yeah. And I think that probably mean having a front three just because it will require Neto to be really, really, really switched on. Same as um, Troy on the other side. You know, like actually, he's best probably when he's out on the flank, and actually, mm-hmm. he'll give Robertson more to think of. Probably give Robertson more to think about playing out wide than having him as a striker up against Van Dyke sort of thing. But yeah. do we want to do a scores prediction? I'm going to go for 1-1 with Wolves taking the lead okay. and a 60th, 70th minute Liverpool equaliser to a nervy end. Mine's a bit more simpler. I'm just going to say uh, 1-0, Wolves, Neto. He'll get his redemption, Manfield. Arms flailing. Will it? Extra flailage. Extra flail. Extra flail. <laughs> I'm going to go 2-1 Wolves. And it'll be a, we'll go 2-0 up, they'll score on the 80 odd minute and it will be the most nerve wracking <laughs> like last 10 minutes you can imagine do we fancy doing a uh, quick Dan quiz let's do it okay so big thanks to Dan for sending us over we've got one two three four five six six and a tiebreaker so notepads up ready there we go Wolves today announced the signing of Ecuadorian striker Leonardo Campana but can you name the team his fellow countryman, Segundo Castillo, made his debut um, against um, Four Wolves in September uh, 2009? So basically, who did Segundo uh, Castillo make his debut against for Wolves? Mm, uh, 2009, okay. So I think, what do you started in some no mark league cup match or something or whether you've actually played a Premier League game Segundo Castillo he, was t- he, didn't re- he didn't really play that much for us today no uh, Sec- name translates I believe as Second Castle what What year was this game sorry to fa- September 2009 it was a 9-10 season ok September 2009 ok so carry the one <laughs> <laughs> I believe uh, it was I'm just going to guess yeah, I've got to go for it. Just gone for it, guess. Okay, so who have we gone for? Uh, I've gone for KPR. KPR. Fulham. Westland and Massive. Mm. <laughs> one of you has got one nil up. It's Adam. Oh, it was Fulham. I believe, there. actually, Wolves won 2-1 that day, and Kevin Doyle scored at least. Doyle and Edwards, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay, so Wolves played two games before being knocked out by Middlesbrough in the uh, 2008-09 FA Cup. Um, I'm trying to work out what this has got relation to... Anything it probably, but probably, hasn't got, probably hasn't related to anything. Okay, so Wolves played two games before being knocked out by um, Middlesbrough in the 0809 FA Cup. Uh, but who was the top goal scorer um, in that season for Wolves in that competition? In the League Cup. In the FA Cup, oh, sorry. In the FA Cup, sorry. In the, yeah. In the FA Cup. Basically, yeah. There so we go. Top scorer in the FA Cup. In 0809. Oh, and we played three games in total. Including when we went out to Middlesbrough. That was a season we went up, wasn't it? It was, oh, yeah. I think we lost to Middlesbrough at home from memory. I can't remember the other two games off the top of my head. We need a fringe player. Might okay. be a bit obvious then, but I'm going to go. Locked in. I'm locked in. Oh, it says Cokes. <laughs> I was going to say, it said Cokes. <laughs> there were so many players, I was like, who? Oh, correct? Who? I've got the Dangerous Dave. Adam's gone 2 0 up. What? Sam Cokes. Sam, oh, Sam, Sam Cokes. <laughs> Sam, I'll, I'll give him a point. The coach on me. Sam, Sam Cokes <laughs> with uh, two goals. 
Right. <laughs> Wolves captain and Liverpool's greatest ever academy graduate, Connor Cody, um, has played in 11 League Cup games in his career. <laughs> but can you name the only team he's scored against? Again, it, I'm assuming this is in League Cup, but it is in League Cup. Uh, I don't know why. Let us know how you're playing along at home at <laughs> WWFC Fancast. Um, Let us know who else picked Sam Cokes. <laughs> I've locked in. I'm locked. I don't even. Uh, just, this has come to mind, and I don't know why. And I think it's just a Liverpool-ish connection. So uh, I've gone for Tranmere. Okay. I've kept the London theme going. I've gone for Millwall. It was Crawley. Wolves in a 2-1 win. I believe it was like a diving header at the back post or stooping header, more likely. It's a collector's item either way. Yeah. Code the goal. E- either way, you're both wrong. <laughs> Can we get to the pop culture questions? Uh, I'm, a lot, I'm a lot better at these than I am. <laughs> they're coming up. Don't worry, they're coming up. Can you name uh, the goalkeeper Wolves had on loan from Liverpool in 1999 who made no appearances for us? Uh, no, I can't. Wow. Is the that is, I mean, as niche goes, can you name a player? Can you name a player walks out on their books who didn't even play for us in 1999? I don't even know any Liverpool keepers. From I'll, I'll, I'll level with you. I've never heard of him. No, I'm gonna pa- I'm gonna pass. I don't want to embarrass myself by naming a keeper that didn't even uh, play for the club. To be fair, Adam, you can pass. You have got a 2 0 lead, so you're not going to lose points if you don't. Guess. My answer is Jerry Rogers. <laughs> Jerry Rogers. <laughs> it was uh, Jorgen Nilsson. Oh, of course. Oh, of course. Oh, him. Oh, Jorgen Nilsson. <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought you said George Nilsson. Okay, so 15 years ago tomorrow, which will be the 22nd of January uh, 2015, Wolves ran out 2 1 winners away to Millwall uh, um, under Glenn Hoddle. Name the scorers that day for Wolves. A 2-1 win against Millwall under Glenn Hoddle. Yeah. Right, okay. I think it was him. What, what year, sorry? Uh, 05. 05. It would have been the 04-05 season, so Hoddle wouldn't have been in charge that long. I want to give it away by saying what I... I've got a comment about the two players but I'm going to withhold it until you've both given me a, your answers um, well it definitely wasn't just, Frankowski just to, just to make things interesting um, and it's only interesting if Matt gets both from right and Adam gets both from wrong I, I will give you I will give you two points so I'll give you a point for each which I know Dan doesn't usually a fan of but I've, I've locked in I'm locked in yeah, okay. I don't know why I bother to be honest okay. with you I've gone for Rowan Ricketts and Kenny Miller. Oh, I took Kenny Miller out. I've gone for Inson Soul. Soul. It's 2-1. It was Olive and Yana and Soul. Um. That is peak 05, if you ask me. I remember I used to work, when I used to work at Molyneux, one of the stewards would, every time he would score, he would vehemently say, we need to put on, I'm a soul man when he scores. <laughs> and I was just like, no, nah, it's never going to happen. Please don't try and push this to the club because it will happen. It'll be awful. <laughs> Okay, uh, last question, unless we need to go to a tiebreaker. Celebrity Liverpool fan and actor Stephen Graham appeared on the hit UK TV show This Is England as the character Combo. But what was Combo's surname in the show, sharing the same name as a former England footballer? A for, former England midfielder, sorry. Don't know. I've never seen it, can you believe it? Never seen it. 
This was yeah. your this was your time to shine as well. I know. And when he said Stephen Graham, yeah. I was like, oh, little boy blue. Like he was just in. Um, what was it? What have I seen him in? He was in the Irishman. He was in all sorts of. Thought, I've got this now, but then it's a film I've never seen. There is a Walls Link thing the you know. Consumer I should hope so podcast. as well. Um, can we repeat it? Can we repeat the latter half of the question? Okay. What was Combo's surname in the show? Showing the name, showing the same name as a formal England midfielder. I think I've got this completely wrong, but there's Wolves link. Okay, right, let's just go through it. You're locked in, Adam? Uh, I don't know, but there's Wolves in England. I'm just going to go for... <laughs> in in. <laughs> Gascoigne. <laughs> oh, well, it's uh, tenuous Wolves link. I, d- yeah. I did say. Yeah. Right, should we do a tiebreaker quickly? Let's go through. I, I concede defeat, but I'll, I'll, uh, how many FA moment. Cup goals did uh, former Wolves and Liverpool uh, striker Robbie Keane score in his career? How many FA Cup goals? Yeah. I mean, Adams. Here. Adams won because we've gone to. I'm going to just guess at twelve. Uh, from way high, twenty-one. Did we go twelve? Twelve. Yeah. That's right. Is it right? Yeah. There we go. Oh, everyone's calling it Millhouse for me as well. <laughs> <laughs> right, should we finish off with a, a bit of Twitter corner? Let's do it. Right, uh, big thank you for everyone who's submitted a uh, cheeky question in for tonight. Um, let's see if I can find the tweet. Need Twitter corner music jingle. There we go. It's right at the top. Right, I really should sort of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we should have fed these, but we'll just we'll just roll from the top and we'll skip through when we need to. Roll the punches. Um, I'll just go through our first at one because I don't really have an answer for it from uh, Todd Dewitt. Okay, um, fancast friend. Pick up the Colorado Wolves. Yeah, um, nice little plug for you. Uh, when's your guest appearance on the Molyneux View? I'm still awaiting. Uh, <laughs> a, uh, what, what you know? The 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 wax scrolls, the seal on. I'm still, <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still awaiting one of those from Tim and or Jackie. I feel like for me to appear on that podcast, I feel like I should get like a card with like an instruction on to like solve a riddle, which will take me to a next place. And I feel like I need to do about 12 or so to mm, sort of like get that. on there. I feel that that might just have to be the new way we can't let people into the fan cast as well through elaborate uh, riddles and treasure, <laughs> treasure hunts. Um, okay. Which TV show could John Ruddy replace um, after his stellar performance in Wolves Taskmaster? Ooh, that's a good question. What, what character could he replace? Um, TV show host. Oh, what TV, oh, what TV show could he host? Uh, I don't know. Strike it lucky. <laughs> Strike it lucky. Oh, my God. That's a blast from the past. <laughs> he could go in the hot spots. Can't I? I like it. Um, I think he'd be suited in a... Maybe pointless. I think he's cleverer than we think, so put him okay. in pointless, and he can be, he can be the the chap who sits there and gives the pointless answers. Uh, well, what's his name? Richard Osman. Richard Osman. Yeah. He can be, the, and he's tall as well. So there's <laughs> yeah. one thing, you know. There's one. See, I was thinking like Crime Watch because he looks quite tough, and like I feel like if he was ten, you know, saying, "Have you seen this person?" You'd, you'd listen to him. Tough exterior, but a heart of gold. Yeah, I think like you know, I think. He, He'd help you move house, but, <laughs> you know, he also... Um, okay. Right. So, uh, this is from Andy Gillard. Do any of you fine gentlemen uh, know how to... Uh, um, do any of you fine gentlemen know how to get good, consistent results when cooking quinoa? 
Uh, for my understanding of quinoa, it is similar to cooking risotto rice in that you've got to let it absorb the water. I think you got to. It's got to be. You've got to like boil it or simmer it until it's absorbed all the water, and then I think you season it. I think that's about as much as I know. How long ago did he submit this question? Two hours ago. I'm just trying to think: Is he live cooking quinoa right now? And he um, needs, the, needs the answer asap. Oh no, <laughs> no. Oh, I, I assume, judging by Andy, he's already cooked with quinoa today. It's got wrong. very frustrated, <laughs> and he's now venting it out uh, on the podcast. I'm going to give it another go tomorrow once he gets your answer. <laughs> Trust. Yeah. Well, you know, I do know my way around quinoa. No, I don't. Google knows his way around quinoa, and I saw this on Twitter corner prior to. <laughs> prior to hosting. Oh, he's doing his own work prior to coming on the pod. Yeah, I don't know I anything about the 05 season, but get me in front of a packet of quinoa and I'm your man. I mean, I've, I have nothing more to add on that because I've never once in my life cooked quinoa. I don't see that change anytime soon. So my advice is to go with what Matt said. Yeah, no I mean, veganuary for you? No. 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 <laughs> Let's said about that. The uh, one from uh, Jack. Um, best snowboarding game of all time. There's only um, one, isn't there? SSX Tricky. That's the only yeah, game I've ever played. 1080 snowboarding on N64. Oh, no. Didn't play it. Didn't have an N64. Ah, I did. Yeah. I had that one. The SSX, SSX Tricky. Tricky. Yeah, I had that. I had an N64, I'm but sure I didn't. I'm sure there was a Sean White. I just made up a person. I'm sure it's Sean. Yeah, Sean White's a person. He exists. <laughs> so somewhere. I'm, I'm sure there's a Sean. Uh, yeah, as a Sean White snowboarding game as well, but 1080 snowboarding on the N64 was also very good. You know what was really good is a slight tangent. Did you ever play, da- uh, is it David, not David Hoffman, what the BMX game? Matt Hoffman. Matt Hoffman, mm. uh, BMX, that was class as well. In that era when Tony Hawk's had come out and anyone wanted that sweet, sweet this is punk rock money. Uh, yeah, and, and, and you know, yeah, they, all those games they were fantastic, to be fair. Yeah. Right, last question from Alex Moore. Uh, round the, up. the Alex Moore, the Alex Moore. Uh, George Savile himself uh, favourite type of cheese um, I'm going to go with halloumi I've got a clear winner, clear winner with this because I have it on my uh, omelettes every morning cheddar feta okay feta feta cheese I hmm. would consume a lot of it how does it cook because it's very crumbly isn't it feta I just cut like a, a sec- I can't believe we got to this being there but cut it and just cut like a a rectangle section of it mm. off and then just Put a slice of it into your omelette. Put it under the grill when I've, when I've cooked everything. Lovely. Well, it's, it's early enough in the evening that I can still go out and like have one. I think maybe. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> do you want to help? <laughs> like, with, with a close second as goat's cheese. Okay. Oh man, I do. I do like I like Edam cheese as well. Hmm. It's like a step up from cheddar. Do you know what I mean? Like cheddar's very baseline, isn't it? It's, it's, a it's, it's a basic bitch of a cheese. Yeah, like you know, it, if you're going home saying. That's your favourite. You probably need to reevaluate a few things and see well, what else. And I'm not a big cheese fan, but you know, I like Red Leicester actually. Again, that that's like what the one with the blue veins coming through. Oh, no, nah, no, no, that, that scares me. Smelly ones. No, that, that, no. I'm down to try feta though. That sounds like right. having yeah. salad, don't you? A lot of salads and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, having salads. Is this yeah. is this going to be a potence thing with a Greek connection? We want to start going mad for feta, and we've gone full circle. <laughs> and guys. There we go. <laughs> there we go. What a lovely way to uh, finish this week's pod. Make sure you keep up to date with us on all of our social media channels. So at WWFC Fancast on Twitter, um, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. I genuinely, I say this every time, I'm pretty sure we still have a Pinterest board. Don't know what's on it. But yeah, I was going to say it's not been updated, but yeah. Um, Yeah, um, everyone enjoy. Oh, yes, before we go. So this is podcast, I think, 
397 or 398, which means we're coming up to a big 400 show pod. We're doing something uh, slightly differently for the show um, this year, and we're actually going to be recording it live at the uh, Lichgate in Wolverhampton. Um, it's going to be on Friday, the 7th of February. Um, we'll be doing a podcast sort of as normal, um, kind of like we're doing now, just over the table, having a few drinks. Uh, more than welcome to come and join us if you've got any views that you want to sort of share on air. You know, we'll uh, we'll be there for sort of, I think, most of the evening and sort of hopefully having a few drinks or two with some uh, great listeners. But keep an eye out on our socials for a bit more information on that. But until then, it's goodbye from Matt. Take it easy. It's goodbye from Adam. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. podcaster meet Acast. we're the top independent podcast network for creators in the know we empower you to develop your podcast idea find your audience and grow listener relationships wherever those listeners are you'll also find a whole range of ways to make money from membership plans for paying fans to our fully curated and creative advertising experience visit acast.com network to find out more Acast for the stories